0: your property podcast comes to you with thanks to our friends at trafalgar square finance leading independent specialists in mortgages and all types of property finance whether it's buy to let development or bridging finance trafalgar square can help you organize your funding for your next property project exclusively to listeners of your property podcast Trafalgar Square offer a free one-to-one consultation. So whether you are a portfolio landlord looking to raise funds on your existing portfolio or if you're just starting out and want to find out if you are eligible for a buy-to-let mortgage, Trafalgar Square Finance can help. It's easy to book with one of their experienced consultants by simply visiting yourpropertynetwork.co.uk/finance. You can find this link in the show notes. For more details hello and welcome to your property podcast my name is michelle cairns and i'm your host for today with us we have got paul collier hi paul hi michelle hi great to have you with us today
1: yeah it's good to be here thank you for the
0: invitation you're very welcome um so just a quick bio about yourself before we get started for people who don't know you um so you have been involved in property for many years firstly as an investor buying and renting out properties, and for the last 13 years, you've been coaching and mentoring property professionals across the UK in growing and developing their own property businesses, uh, whilst working for the largest property education network in the country. You are a director of Sell My Property Portfolio Limited, and that is your specialty in the acquisition of residential portfolios from existing buy-to-let landlords. So that is what we're going to be talking about today how to buy a portfolio um and we were just having a chat before we started the recording about it's something that um sometimes people don't really give enough consideration to as a possibility and i would say even if the possibility comes up um for a lot of people it's a bit daunting buying a number of properties in one go would you agree
1: yeah, I would. <laughs> um, for us as well, sometimes, I have to say. Uh, it's, it, it's never, no two are the same. And um, I guess that's one of the things that I love about what we do, um, because you are looking at such a diverse situation with so many landlords in so many different situations, um, each with their own particular wants, needs and requirements. And it's really trying to get to the bottom of what it is that they really need to achieve, And I think that's that's really what it's all about. And it is challenging um, and it is interesting and it can be time consuming. Um, But we'll you know uh, what what I what I hope to be able to do in this call is to be able to just really debunk some of the theories about it. um, Talk to you a little bit about some of the pros and the cons, uh, some of the successes, some of the failures. Um, You know, we, we all have those as well. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you make a good point there about how it can be quite time consuming. And really, you know, with something like this, each individual property portfolio and really the landlord is is unique. So, um, you know, it's not like we're just buying, you know, two bed terraces and it's sort of, you know, uh, rinse and repeat each time. Uh, You know, you're really actually dealing with people's circumstances as much as you are the property uh, due diligence. So due diligence on the person due diligence on the property um, and, and, and quite time-consuming. But I guess that you've got a process that you can go through to make that a bit uh, easier.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, and, I mean, you, you've got to have a process. You've got to have a system, you know, when, you, when you're when dealing with these sort of numbers. Um, but no matter how good that system is, no matter how good you you get with it and how many times you do it, there is still that possibility you can go a long, long way down the road doing a lot of work and get nothing at the end of it. Um, so you, you could say, you know, it is a numbers game. Mm. But yeah. it, if it wasn't worth it, we wouldn't be doing it. Um, we, we have a process generally whereby our website's been operational now for quite a number of years. So we get quite a few calls through the website. And we're I guess really in some ways we're actually quite lazy. We don't really sort of get behind social media marketing in a big way or anything like that. Um, but the calls that we get come through the website are generally quality calls. And they are generally people who have been looking around and th- they come to us to explore the possibility. So at this point, generally, they're not certain. They don't know quite what to do. Because if we think about it for just a moment now, let's paint the picture. You're a landlord and you've got a portfolio of, let's say, 15 properties, quite a modest little portfolio. It's making you a nice little turnover. But you are now in a situation whereby you've come to a certain time in your life where maybe the mortgages are a little bit shorter than you'd like. Maybe you want a little bit more time to relax and enjoy time with loved ones or travel or do what it is you want to do. And you've now got to sell it. Now, this really gives most landlords a big problem. Because estate agents, and I speak very generally, estate agents are not really very well set up for selling portfolios. And there's a number of reasons for that. Um, I used to have, I used to own an estate agency for my sins um, a a few years back. And one of the things that I realized when I used to go to conferences and I would get talking to other agents was that they really had no idea about dealing with buy-to-let portfolios. Because... You've now got a fully tenanted portfolio and you go to an estate agent. Now you think possibly that you walk in the door as a landlord with 15 properties and you are going to be all of their Christmases come at once. Yeah. you think that, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. <laughs> Absolutely. What you are going to remember is, of course, you are not going in to see an estate agent. Generally, you'll be speaking with a commission-based negotiator. And that negotiator is under pressure to sell a number of units. Now, it's a competitive game. And you're going to go along and say, right, I'm thinking about selling 15 properties. Now, because of the way it works, that means that that agent has got to go out and actually look at 15 properties. Now, there's two problems here. One is from the agent's perspective, they've got to go and do 15 viewings. They've got to measure them up. They've got to do the photographs they've got to do the due diligence they've got to get everything all up together they've got no guarantee they're going to get that business meanwhile they're out of the office for the week while all their friends and colleagues are now doing all the deals come to the end of the week the sales manager does the annual sales manager does the annual uh, weekly sales review where's your figures well i've been out looking at this one here it's not great secondly If they are lucky enough to take it on, how long is the average sales contract with an agency? Mm. Three months? Yeah. So they've got now three months. They've done all that work. They've got all these listings. They've got no guarantee they're going to get the business after that. Now, let's say they are successful. And now the calls start coming in. People want to go and do viewings. How are you going to do viewings? How are you going to guarantee vacant possession? You can't give vacant possession, you can't sell to residential. So unless you've got a ready-made list of investors who are ready to buy a portfolio, an agent isn't set up for it and they can't deal with it.
0: That's really interesting kind of perspective, just going from, you know, as you said, all their Christmases come at once to actually painting the realistic picture. And what about, um, you know, the, and you just kind of touched on there about, they're not really set up for portfolios, but also um, to, they don't have the investors sometimes so they're more geared to residential obviously uh, sales but actually investors who perhaps want a discount or they want you know um, a great ROI when a lot of the agents don't really understand that concept of the ROI on investment properties is that an issue as well?
1: You're very right Um, they don't the majority of them don't they look at it purely simply from a bricks and mortar perspective because it's all they understand they they have no real understanding from an investor perspective. Now, some of them have got lists um, of investors, but they tend to be for ones and twos okay. and a particular type of properties. So, I might be, you know, I might be an investor on their books that's looking for serviced accommodation or mm-hmm. for HMOs. Rarely do they have a do they have investors on their books looking for portfolios of properties. Okay. So again. It's quite niche, and it's quite difficult for them. So the landlord is now finding that the agents are not really going to help them. The other problem the landlord's got is that they've got a tenanted portfolio. Mm. So they've got to promise their tenants on ASTs quiet enjoyment. So that means any viewings have got to be booked 24 hours in advance. Mm. They don't want their tenants to know. Yeah. The portfolio is going to go for sale because if it doesn't sell, the moment that a tenant thinks a portfolio is going to get sold, what do they do?
0: They leave. <laughs> they leave. leave. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then what they've got is a portfolio voids. Yeah. Which mm. is even worse. So it's a real difficult job for, for landlords who are looking to sell portfolios.
0: And What about the tax situation? Because I find that's um, you know, a real sticking point for a lot of landlords who've got these portfolios. Where um you know they're going to get penalized if they sell them all in one year. So they, you know, it's in their benefit to structure a deal over a number of years if they don't need all the cash right now.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that because <laughs> it's it's really what one of the things that tends to happen is that landlords over the years and the people who are now selling generally tend to be, and I'm generalizing a little bit, but we find. The majority of those that are looking to sell at the moment are probably those that bought in the the early 2000, 2007, before the 2008 crash, when there was Mortgage Express, Bank of Ireland, all doing back-to-back same-day remortgages, okay? Now, of course, back in those days, it wasn't in any way regulated. You could just keep buying properties, take your money out the same day, buy another one, take your money out, buy another one, and so on. So... Landlords accumulated these huge portfolios that we just would not be able to do today because of the way it worked. Now, we find that those are now the people who generally they were kind of in their 30s and 40s and now in their 50s and 60s, and they're now looking to sell. And what they've done over the years is what landlords tend to do. They remortgaged and they remortgaged and they remortgaged. So they've taken all of their money out. And they've had all of that tax-free cash over the years. So now they've got a portfolio that's highly leveraged, potentially. Not always, but potentially highly leveraged. And they then go to the market to talk to investors. They can't sell it to estate agents. They go up to the investor base, and the investor comes along and says, 25% below market value, (laughs) right? When they look at 25% below market value, they sometimes haven't got 25% in the deal. Yeah. Now, even if they have, they sell that, at, let's just say 20% market value. So they've got this chunk of money that's come off the top of the portfolio they've built up over the years. Then of course, what they tend to forget is that the capital gains tax is structured upon the original purchase price, less in not the actual money that's left in the deal. Mm -hmm. So they tend to think, well, there's not a lot of money in it, I'm going to pay a lot of tax. Mm -hmm. And they forget that they've had all of that money tax-free over the years. Now it's coming home to bite them. So then, of course, they've got the double whammy, they get a discount at the top, they get a big tax bill at the bottom, and they've sometimes got nothing left in in the sandwich in the middle. And, and they really have got a problem
0: is that something they can easily work out how much uh tax they've got to pay and uh, you know and what the what the cream is left in if there's any
1: yeah i mean what what we do i mean we, we make it very very clear to people we're not tax advisors we're not regulated we can't give tax advice um but at the same time we've got a fairly good idea so we generally will send them a spreadsheet And in that spreadsheet, uh, I think that's a siren outside mine now, but (laughs) (laughs) they're trying to get us today. Um, But I think uh, we send them a spreadsheet. They will send us back. And one of the things we ask, of course, is the purchase price. And we look back and we find that purchase price. So we we give them an idea of what we believe it may be. But we always then say, you must go and take professional tax advice on that. You know, do not rely on anything that we tell you. um, But here's an indicative of what it might be,
0: yeah.
1: and very often people are absolutely
0: shocked. Yeah, and what about the valuations then? So you've got on one end you've got the tax implications, at the other end, valuations, especially on HMOS, where um, they might have refinanced, you know, but actually, uh, you know, the market value says one price, but you know that's very different than a mortgage valuation. Um, and it's very different, again, to what an investor might pay for um, an investment property where they're looking for a good ROI on it. Um, so they might see on Rightmove or Zoopla what other houses in the area are going for. But obviously, um, you know, that's not always what investors want to pay.
1: <laughs> Absolutely right. And and, uh, and of course, you know, it is one of those so you alluded to it a little while ago. You mentioned uh, the, the, the structured look at way of looking at things. Now, that's quite an interesting situation because of course that relies generally, if you can look at something like that, you can rely on purchase lease options. Um, and I have to say that that's probably the uh, most used tool in our toolbox. So it's not exclusive. We do buy properties, we can buy properties and we will. Um, but positioned correctly, the majority of the time, lease options are the better option for a landlord selling a portfolio, purely simply because they are able to take advantage, if they're not in a limited company, of course, but they can then take advantage of actually structuring that across a number of different tax uh, years. Now, the only thing about that, of course, is we can't guarantee what's going to happen in the future. We don't know what's going to happen there. We don't know whether that maybe reduced or taken away or whether that tax may be eroded Um, and we have to say to people that we do not have a crystal ball all we can do is work with what we've currently got and what we believe is the best case scenario that we can we we can give Um, but there has to be an understanding that we are dealing with time working with time effectively we're joint venturing with time we're working with the future and things can happen, black swan events can happen in the future that we can't, you know, we can't account for. So we, one of the things that you, we, we, we very often find that people don't do is you must go into any transaction when well, you're looking at this sort of transaction with a number of different exit strategies. It's a bit like the old pilot analogy, right? Don't take off unless you can see somewhere to land, right? <laughs> because uh, otherwise you could end up holding a baby and, What we don't want to do is we don't want to be in a position where we take on somebody else's problem and then have it become our problem. And we're certainly never of a mind. We've never given a property back. We've never handed a set of keys back and said, look, not for us, because we don't believe that's the right thing to do. And we we would never want that to happen. So, you know, that extra work at the beginning does pay dividends further down the line. Can't always get it right.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned about the time there and, uh, and purchase lease options, so for anyone who's not sure what that is, where you've got the option to buy the property over a number of years, so you agree the price up front, and let's say you've got five years to purchase within that time, uh, but it's the option, so you don't, um, you know, you're not obliged to do it, but you fully intend to buy. Um How does, and you mentioned about time there. So with the market at the moment being so strong and inflation, and there's talk about a potential correction, you know, maybe not an all right right, crash, but if you're taking a purchase lease option for a property over three to five years, and there is a correction, Uh, What happens then? Because obviously, I I think a lot of landlords who have had the property for many, many years have seen the increase and they're thinking, okay, it's definitely going to be worth X in five years. It just has to be. But it might not, right? (laughs) 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 Absolutely,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So um, the, 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 the dynamic here is in helping people make choices and not trying to sell them an idea and i think that's a really important thing and if i could if i could just get one point across on on this particular call um, having worked with many many people over many many years who've really gone into they've they've done lease option training or purchase lease option training and they come out of the training course with all the tools and everything that they want to do now the biggest problem is that Let's be honest, it can be a really great tool. Right? And we we call it portfolio alchemy. okay Now I don't know have you ever read the book, The Alchemist?
0: Yes, one of my favorites.
1: right? One of your favorites, right. <laughs> so obviously we talk, we're talking we're, we're talking about Santiago who's going around looking for um, the proverbial alchemist turning lead into gold, okay, which is what we're trying to do. So what we are looking to do, if we can possibly achieve it, is we're looking to turn somebody else's property lead into our gold. Now, the problem is a mindset problem. And what can happen with purchase lease options, because let's be honest, for anybody on the call who isn't familiar with them, um, what it means is that we would take over beneficial ownership of those properties. So, to all intents and purposes, we have all the benefits. We get all the rental income, we get all the profits from the rentals. We also have all the repairs and the maintenance and the voids and everything else, just as if we own the property. We also get the benefit of any capital increase. Um, So any improvements that we make, any capital increase, we get as well at the end of the term. So you might then say to yourself, well, why would somebody want to do that? right?" And this is the little guy that we get on our shoulder. And I remember once, many years ago, actually, going with a guy who was really really into these options he'd done all the trainings and I said to him so how many deals have you done and he said none actually I said okay why do you think that is and he said I-, I don't know I must be awful on the phone and so I said well look if you're brave let's do a couple of calls we did a couple of calls and in actual fact you know he was good he was really good on the phone but then as call went along I said so I said okay so I'm now the landlord, you're the guy who's, who's I'm calling. And I said, so tell me something, um, who gets all my rental profit when we do this deal? And he said, uh, oh, uh, I, I get that. I made a point at saying my rental profit. He said, I get that. So I said, okay, right. I said, carry on. And he talked a little bit longer and I said, um, so just stop you for a moment. Can I just ask you, you said that you'll buy my properties in five years is that a guarantee? And he said, "Uh, uh, uh, no, but we will. We will. (laughs) So I said, so you don't have to buy them. So he said, "Uh, well, no, legally we don't. So I said, okay, all right, carry on. And he carried on. And I said, well, just one last thing. What about all my capital increase? Because when you buy them at this price, it's going to go up in five years. What about that? He said, oh, uh, we have that as well. So I said, so what you're trying to tell me, I think, is that you're going to have all my capital increase. You're going to have all my rental income and you don't have to buy it. Is that what you're telling me? He said, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. He said, for all these years, this is what I've been thinking about. And people are thinking I'm a muppet talking to them. And I said, well, if you think you're a muppet talking to them then just imagine that what they're thinking, you've got to fully understand it. You've got to embrace it. You've got to understand it from their perspective. If you try and sell the idea, it's never going to work. You've got to float a number of different ideas and you've got to let people make their own decisions and come to you. So if I were talking to you, Michelle, and I was going through a number of different scenarios and I was going through those scenarios and I said, well, look, you know, let me let me talk to you about a whole number of different scenarios here and really what I want is to steer from you as to which is might possibly going to be the best for you Um, and at this particular moment in time I have no idea what the best thing is for you Michelle yeah and you'll start talking to me and I say okay what I don't want to do is for us to both go running up a blind alley because you can spend an awful lot of time running forcefully in the wrong direction yeah so and if you go through that and then you lay out all the different scenarios and people will then generally ask you, because we're funny, aren't we? We're funny, particularly in, in the UK. We're very, very funny about this stuff. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure that many people are like me out there. If you go into a shop, you go into, let's say you go into a, um, uh, a, a big shop and you go into the shop and you open the door and an assistant comes running over and they descend on you. They go, hello, sir. Can i help you what's the first thing we say no
0: no fine thanks
1: bye thanks i'm just looking i'll come to you if i want to because yeah. i'm a big boy and i can make my own decisions thank you very much is what <laughs> we're saying right the moment i find what i want then where are you I, I i'm looking for someone now i want you to be here i want you with me now we're a little bit like that so if we try to sell the idea of anything it could be a bmv it could be a lease option it could be whatever it is people then push back and you then find yourself in this tug of war in justifying what you're doing and when you get to the point of having to justify what you're doing it becomes difficult whereas if you float the ideas and you're pretty nonchalant about the whole thing half the time then people will very often gravitate. Well, actually, actually, I quite like the idea of that structured site. Yeah, Okay. well, let's talk about that one then.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's where it needs to go.
0: So in that negotiation, how do you, you know, what do you say to your kind of mentoring clients? Because um, how do you kind of flip it around so that, you know, you're talking to the owner, the landlord, and they um you know that their problem is being solved rather than you selling them an idea
1: the first thing is to find out what the problem is okay and and that's the first thing now um many years ago i did a um an nlp master's uh, degree and in the nlp master's degree of course one big thing that came across was that people will give you their presenting problem mm-hmm. rather than their problem so the real problem sometimes is in here yeah. But the presenting problem is what they tell you. So if you go straight away at, at the very, very first hurdle and start putting something together around their presenting problem, yeah. very often it's not the real issue. So the, the, the question for me is generally it's a consultation call.
0: Yeah.
1: And in that consultation call, I'm not trying to sell them anything. Yeah. And I will say to them, look, I don't, I've got, I, and I'm very open, I say, I have got no idea. What is going to be the best thing for you? Um, What I'd like to do is take a little bit of time to understand and fully understand what it is in an ideal world that you would like to be able to achieve. And I am not, by the way, saying that I can make that happen because I don't have a magic wand. What we will do is do our best to try to tick as many boxes as we can to see if we can make something work for you. Obviously, it has to work for me as well. So, again, we're being very open, being upfront, uh, we're being quite straight. Um, I'm not trying to gush all over you and try to get you to come on board with me at any cost, because that's not a fair and equal relationship. We, we want to make sure that it has to work for you, has to work for us. Yeah. Um, and people are generally very accepting. And I. The other nice thing about landlords is, and I will say to landlords, I say, look, you're a landlord, so you're a business person. And I do like dealing with business people because it means I can be a little bit more direct and straight to the point. Is it okay with you if I'm more direct and straight to the point so that we don't end up a lot of time dancing around? Do you know what? Nobody's ever said, "But I like dancing. (laughs) 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 No one. It's never happened. So everybody goes, that's great. That's what I like. And I say, fantastic. Right. Let's touch the chase then.
0: So, cutting to the chase, then, in that scenario, you—you you know, what if, what if they are not realistic in terms of uh, that kind of win-win fair outcome? Because obviously, you're only going to buy the portfolio if it works for you. Um, but if they, in their mind, they see that they are giving you all of the rent capital appreciation, um, and I can't remember what the other one was. There was three
1: rents. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the capital appreciation yeah. of course so the yeah. bottom line is that, that that's the main thing that we're going to get and of course we're going to get yeah. you know uh, yeah
0: so what if they want a piece of the pie as well you know they want to kind of get rid of the hassle but actually what they want um you know a, a generous portion of the rent and a portion of the capital uplift when who knows there might be someone that might not
1: mm. so i i would generally say to them i say at the time okay so um so from what i'm understanding what you're saying to me is that you still want to have some of this for the future, the the capital uplift. Yeah, I say, all right. So let's explore the other possibility because I think what you're saying to me is that you you, you still want to hang on to this portfolio. Let's explore the other possibility. The other possibility is selling it on the open market at a discount. Now, if you sell it on the open market at a discount, we can do that, by the way. We can buy from you at a discount. And if we do that, then of course, you're going to have, you're going to have to accept that no investor is going to buy at the full market value, particularly a portfolio. So you are going to have to accept you're going to lose some money out of your pocket today, okay? And that's a reality. Now, if I buy from you at somewhere in and around today's market value, that means that that money is in your pocket. Not straight away, but you will get that money. So you are getting a 20%, 15%, 25% better price. How can I do that? The reason I can do that is that I still have to make a profit, but my profit is now back-end loaded because I'm joint venturing with time.
0: Right, okay.
1: -hmm. Right? So that's my profit, not yours. By the way, you're saying about your rental income, you want your rental income, okay? If you were to sell that at 20% today, and you still had your CGT to pay by the way, and everything else, how much rent would you get tomorrow? None. No different. Yeah. No different, except you're getting 20% more at the top, 15% more at the top, whatever it is. And you've got the benefit potentially of some tax savings as well.
0: Yeah, it's uh well, so many things to think about. Are there any, um, you know, you must have spoken, had so many conversations now. Is there anything else that... Sticks out in your mind that people miss when they're having these conversations with landlords. Well,
1: the the, the thing is, there are lots of things to take in consideration because you see, there are, there are huge benefits, obviously, if you get it right, and it is a numbers game. I'm gonna I'm gonna be very honest and open and say that, um, you know, we lease options don't work a lot of the time, most of the time, in fact. With landlords, you get a better chance than with most because of the potential situation. But you've still got to think about other things. Now, we're very lucky, as much as we've got a good team, we've got a, um, our own lettings team. Because Sell My Property Portfolio is just a front-end company. We do it because it's got a, a sexy name, Sell My Property Portfolio. It does what we say on the team. Right? But the reality is we have an asset management company sitting behind it. So we acquire the assets and put them into our asset management company where we hold them. We then have our own management company that look after them. Now, if I had to look after all of the properties that we've got, management, I'd have even less hair than I've got now, and that's not a lot, okay? (laughs) So, (laughs) So the reality is that we've got a good team there. The other essential and the big thing to think about is, of course, deals fall over, Yeah. just like a normal single property deal falls over at the last moment. Now, we had a deal that we were looking at, um, we had five meetings, we had 400 emails, it took us 14 months of negotiating with this gentleman on 15 HMO properties, a um, seven and a half million pound portfolio in London. Absolutely fantastic, great relationship, great rapport, contracts all drawn up. Now, you imagine across 15 contracts, okay, what that's going to cost on legal fees? All the contracts were ready to go, and their lawyer, who was a family lawyer, blew it at the last moment. No. Right? Sorry. Now that could be tens of thousands of pounds of legal costs. Yeah. So this has happened many times when you get to that point when it falls over at the last moment, and you've driven, you've drawn all the contracts out, you've got everything in place. We're lucky in that we have our own internal. Uh, legal team so we do all of our own contracts um, without that it would be a nightmare
0: yeah
1: the other thing you've got to think about is you've got to think about the financial position of the person you're dealing with you've got to consider whether they may have other properties um, because obviously with lenders they have an all money's clause very often now that all money's clause can really catch you out because i had a i had a friend a number of years ago, uh, they put a consortium together and got 78 properties on uh, a big, very, very big lease option contract. And these properties were all in need of a lot of money spent on them, a lot of repairs, and they did the right thing. Absolutely, they put all of the rental profits back into improving these properties. Three years in, they still hadn't turned a profit because they were constantly reinvesting but they now had some really nice stock that was lifting in value, okay? Unfortunately, the two owners of this property were both in uh, portfolio, were both joint owners and they were in business. One of them, their business collapsed. And when the business collapsed, that took down the other guy, the bankruptcy court stepped in. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, a trustee for bankruptcy came along, So we have all these assets now, if there are mortgage lenders involved, it doesn't matter how secure your lease option is, they've got first charge.
0: Right. Those
1: properties, and they all got repossessed. Oh,
0: no. So
1: they'd had all of that time, and they put a very, very, very substantial amount, a six-figure sum of upfront money into it as well. Okay. Right? So, you you know, it's, it's not all free. There are risks. There are some big, big risks. Um, and, of course doing dd
0: yeah
1: you know we we, we've got one that we're looking at at moment 25 units now you mentioned the guy who was very very wanting everything Mm. 25 units uh we spent nearly a nearly a week doing in-depth dd on all of these properties and then he came back with something that was totally unrealistic and it wasn't going to go anywhere so there we are um and if you are taking them on, and you're lucky enough to get the portfolio and you bring it on, then of course you've got to onboard it. So if you think each property, you we, there's I think we have um, we have a checklist of thirty different pieces of information and documents that we get the team chase each property. So you've got all of your tenancy, you've got all you know, you've got all of your deposit information, you've got all of your EPCS, your CP12s, your EICRs, and so on and so on and so on. Mortgage information. Insurance information, absolutely everything. So you've got to have a system. You've got to have a team, yeah. and then, of course, it can work. But otherwise, yeah, it, it, it can be um, it can be an awful lot of time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but
0: as you say, you know, worth it in the long run. And how- yeah, if,
1: <laughs> when they when they land, it's it. great because yeah. you know when they land, and I and I my my thoughts on this are quite simple. And I you, how we, we took on a portfolio. Um, that there was 26 properties in the north uh, northwest, lovely properties. That portfolio took us nearly two years. Now the lady, when we first met her, and I first met and went to see her, she said, "Look, I want to retire to the West Country, and I'd, I'm more than happy to look at doing something. But at the moment, I rely on in the income, so I want to buy a business in the West Country, and then if we can do that." and get income for a year and a half i sent her an email every day of businesses for sale in the west country she found a she found a caravan site that she wanted to buy she knew nothing about it she came to me i went to one of my students who ran a caravan business for many many years and he helped me with all the information to help her and it, it built up such a strong rapport information that two years later we got the deal but how else could you buy 26 properties in two yeah. years with without putting much money in?
0: Well, yeah, it's uh, it like you say, it's all about the person building those relationships, building the rapport, and yeah, and just solving their problems for them while making it a win-win for yourself as well. So um I've just got one kind of final question just coming back to what I said before about the inflation and the option to buy in the future obviously you're you're trying to um, lock in future equity that's right Um, so what happens if there is a correction in three to five years where you're due to exercise that option and it's not appreciated would you still look to buy it
1: um, obviously not if it was below yeah i mean it, obviously we couldn't buy a property that was below what market was so what we, we're very open with with um if we've got some if we've got a, a situation with a property which is close in terms of years so let's say it's got a relatively short mortgage on it then we're very open with the owners and say look we don't know what's going to happen to the market we don't want to be giving the keys back to you you may not want the keys back but clearly if the market were to show a correction there would be another black swan event we just don't know about and that were to happen um what we would prefer to do and this is where we make sure that every property cash flows because cash flow is king right we say look there is a sufficient time on this mortgage that we may have agreed a five-year term but we would like to now agree a mutually agreed extension term that says if the market does crash in that time we don't have to give the keys back we can carry on yeah. for another two years five years whatever it may be um so we it off if it's shorter and a shorter mortgage then obviously we're very open with the owners about that um and it may be a situation where we would then need to go away and talk to the lenders on their behalf get our legal team to talk to the lenders to see whether there's something we could do um you know and, and that's another possibility that we do from time to time as well
0: right and is there a best way to exercise that option agreement and purchase the house so if you've locked in let's say you've locked in and you've been really lucky 25 percent so that would be the equivalent of your deposit money um that you would need to buy it so if you've locked that in what what's the um, structure for buying it at the
1: end yeah i mean you you, you, you again this is something that, that people have to be very careful of because um mortgage lenders depending on who they are there are a few that would accept creative mm. sort of finance in that way um if you've got a really good broker they'll probably know who they are but many of the more traditional lenders are looking for an at-arms-length transaction um so if there has been a situation whereby you've got your name on the title deeds uh, with a charge, maybe a second charge for the last five years, and then you come to buy it um, and they they see that that's on there, there can be a potential issue. So then what you may have to do is you may have to either, I mean, we would use retained profits, but you may then, in other words, have to look at bridging temporarily um, for a period of time and then stepping in, in, in that way. Um, so, and again, the, problem is with that michelle because we are looking at the distance in the future even if you've got a lender who will do it today because you may not be buying that property for four or five years yeah, yeah. who knows where we're going to be then it may be far more relaxed or it may be far more rigid yeah we've got no idea um
0: but as you said as long as it cash flows i guess that part is the gamble that you take um, you take away the hassle for the owner you solve their problem, you get the ongoing cash flow, and then hopefully there's the bonus of uh, being able to purchase it at uh, you know with with some capital appreciation locked in.
1: Yeah, I mean we would never ever knowingly or wantingly yeah, yeah. want to give a property back, but the reality is we are in business, yeah. and if there was no alternative, um, then we would, although we would have made it clear, we would then have no alternative to be able to do that. But then, of course, that's the whole point of an option contract as opposed to buying it. You've got that flexibility. Um, It's a case of not taking advantage of that flexibility. I think that's a big
0: difference. Yeah, and as you said, having the uh, contract assignable. So perhaps if you don't want it, you know, the likelihood is you'll know somebody else uh, who will, or worst case, they put it on the open market and, uh, you know,
1: um, you you again you you've hit the nail on the head because this is what what we would do is we don't keep everything that yeah. we buy, I mean, or everything that we acquire. We'll take on a portfolio, but we might take on a portfolio, and there may be two or three spread right. that are a kind of away. And we may package those up into smaller portfolios and sell those portfolios on. Yeah. Um, it may be that some of the properties that we actually keep, we will from time to time, we will spend money on doing them up. And then, when the time's right, we will sell those on, and we will use the profits that we generate from that to go back into the business to then generate more contracts. So it's kind of a a, a, a never moving feast in that yeah. respect, really. Yeah.
0: Well, that seems like a good place to wrap up. I, you know, you've provided so much content for us, and really. It's been super, super valuable. Uh, lots and lots of golden nuggets for everyone listening today. So tell us where can people find out more about yourself and what you're doing? And if they have a portfolio, what are the next steps for them?
1: Sure. Um, well, uh, the, the best way to get hold of me is, is to go onto the website, which is www.sellmypropertyportfolio.co.uk. All the details are on there. Um, also tells you a little bit more about what we do and who we are. Um, one of the things that we do have in show is if there is anybody out there who comes across a portfolio, and maybe they don't want a portfolio, maybe they just sent out a landlord's letter and they're looking for an HMO or two HMOs, someone comes along with 10, um, and they don't know what to do, we offer a service which we actually call Portfolio Alchemy, and what we will look at doing on that is we will look at taking over that whole negotiation using our legal team, so there's no legal costs or expenses to anybody. Uh, We run through the whole thing. We will speak to the investor, asking them what it is ideally they would like to get out of it. We will then work out what it is that we need to get from it. It might be property. um, And then we will look to do the deal working together. And we can actually then use the team to bring it all on, do all the onboarding, all of the management if needed, or you can manage your own. So it's another little service that we can offer if anybody comes across a portfolio that they're not sure of what Brilliant. to do
0: with. Fantastic. Well, we will put the link to all of those in the show notes so people can find out more about yourself and, and get Splendid. in touch. So thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate that. And um, yeah, encourage anyone who's got a portfolio to get in touch with yourself.
1: All right. Thanks ever so much. All the very best. Thank you, Paul. To thank you. Bye-bye. Uh,
0: Bye-bye. For anyone who is not yet a subscriber to the magazine, please click the link in the show notes for your free 30-day trial. See you next time, guys.